Our scripture reading for today comes from the epistle of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. If you would please uh, join me in uh, reverence for the word of God by standing at this time. And follow along in your copy of God's Word or on the screen as we read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you were saved, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you take these two simple verses that are part of Paul's larger poem or song of praise that just flows out of him as he wrote to the Ephesian people almost 2,000 years ago. But Lord, help us to realize that this divinely inspired word that he wrote is relevant to us today and helps us to understand even more what an awesome God you are, what a great giver you are, how your gifts keep on giving and keep on touching and blessing us each and every day. Lord, We ask that right now that, God, the reading and proclamation of your word would be blessed and honored and your work would be done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to ask, how many of you have ever bought something on layaway in your life? Anytime or someone in your family has bought something on layaway. Raise your hand if you've ever bought something on layaway. Okay. A lot of us, a lot of us, maybe not all of us. Layaway is kind of not as big of a thing as it used to be. I don't know if it's because of of credit cards or whatever. But the basic idea is you see something you want to get, and... um, but maybe you don't have enough money yet, or maybe you just don't want to pick it up yet. You know, maybe you don't want to hide that thing for three months. And, and so you put it on layaway at the store. You put down a little deposit, and you make some more payments. And the time comes, and finally you go pick it up and get it ready to give at Christmas. This morning's message is called God's Layaway Plan. But God's Layaway Plan is very different from Walmart's or anybody else who does a layaway plan. God has a gift for us, but he's already paid for it. God wasn't broke. God didn't have to say, let me scrounge up and see if I can spread it over time and maybe I can finally get this. God paid the full price for our sins on the cross of Calvary. God said, I've got the greatest gift in the world, your salvation And, and you know, it was one of those gifts that we needed. Remember we talked about needing the Lord? Now, it's funny at Christmas time, gifts that we need are fine, but we, we'd prefer gifts that we want sometimes. You know, I mean, maybe as you get older, I saw something somebody put on, on Facebook is like, my appreciation for socks is proportional to my age. And yet the older I get, the more I like socks, the more I like, you know, very practical kind of gifts. But our salvation is one of those gifts that we both need and if we are really thinking about it, if we understand where we are and what we've done, we want it desperately. It's that best combination when you open up that gift 
And man, you've been needing it. And man, you've been wanting it. And it's amazing that you got it. Sometimes we get gifts, though, that, that aren't completely immediate. You know, maybe something didn't come in the mail in time, and so we open up this little tiny box, and it says, your four-wheeler is coming, you know, or, or whatever. It's something going to be delivered later, and we've already been told, you've got this, it's yours, it's been purchased, it's just on the way. And God kind of does that with us, with salvation, When we come to him in faith, when we trust in him, God gives us some some of it right there. There are certain parts of salvation that are instantaneous. But there are some other parts of it that are ongoing. It's kind of like if someone knew cheesecake was your favorite thing. Instead of just giving you a slice of cheesecake, they gave you a slice of cheesecake. And they say, oh, by the way, Cheesecake Factory is going to deliver every month for the rest of the year. They're going to deliver you a new cheesecake. Now, besides being horrified about your health, you'd be so excited because this is going to be wonderful and delicious. And it doesn't stop when I eat this one up. And God does that. He does some ongoing stuff. And then there is final salvation in which the the rest of the package that was promised, it is all delivered. Now, there's big theological words for that. Justification is when we first get saved. That is, we first trust in Jesus Christ and God justifies us. That means he makes us righteous. He looks at what Jesus did for us and he says, you're no longer under my wrath. You are free from the penalty of sin. Your direction is not headed for condemnation, but instead it's headed for life. And and generally when we say, I got saved, that's what we're talking about. That moment that we trusted in Jesus Christ. But then there is an ongoing part of salvation. And the Bible calls this sanctification. That is being made holy. That is God working on us to make us more and more like our new reality, who we are in him. And then there is the final act of salvation, glorification. That's one day when we exchange these old faulty and sinful bodies for perfect bodies. And we no longer uh, just, you know, we're no longer even surrounded by sin. That's just out of the question. We're kind of the final product. And so a Christian can say, I have been saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. Because there's all of this is parts of salvation. And by the way, once that process starts, it's irreversible. Okay? The Bible makes that very clear. It's not like, ooh, I, yeah, I know I got saved. I accepted Jesus. But am I really going to make it? God says, hey, once you're on that train, you're on it to the final destination. But he tells us something interesting here in this passage of Ephesians about this great gift. He says... And you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. Okay, so when did you get included in God's family? When you heard and believed. When you got the, received the message and you had faith, you believed it, you trusted it. At that point, you're on that train for glory. At that point, you've begun your journey. And that's, that's the beginning point. But he wants us to understand that there is some other benefits, some other things going on that maybe we didn't realize came with this gift. Now, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hands on this one, but how many of you have been there on Christmas morning or or Christmas Eve 
and all the presents are done, and, and oh, everybody's happy, and someone says, wait a minute, um, you did get that second thing, right? You know, you, you did get the earrings that went with the necklace, and all of a sudden, uh, no, and all of a sudden we start, okay, get the garbage bag, and we have to pull out all the wrapping and all the tissue, and we search, and we, we find that thing that we didn't realize was part of the gift all along. It was kind of like an extra bonus gift that was waiting for us and surprised us. Well, God gave us kind of a bonus gift. As amazing as the gift of salvation through Jesus is, God says, I've got a bonus gift for you that you may have not thought about or realized, but this gift is the Holy Spirit. You see, we think about Jesus saved me and, and, and we don't even think about a lot of times the amazing thing beyond our salvation in Jesus Christ. God has also given us his spirit. And it's that thing that gets neglected and, and, and forgotten about and wrapped up in the tissue. But God says, don't forget this special gift. Because God knows that when we get saved, we're not all of a sudden perfect. We're going to still have like questions and doubts and fears. We don't, we're not completed instantly. You know, it's not like the Matrix where we just download Christianity into our system and boom, here we are, Mr. Super Christian or, you know, whatever. God has to work in us over time. And so he tells us, this, this is why I've given you the Spirit. First of all, he knows we're going to have questions about our identity. You know, I know that, I know that I'm a Christian now. I mean, I got saved. I, I, I trusted, put my faith in Jesus Christ. But yet I still sin, yet I still mess up, I still make mistakes. Who am I really? And God says, okay, here's, here's thing number one that I do with the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit reassures you of your identity. The verse here says that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't use seals not quite the same way as they did in the, in the ancient world. Now we have pin codes and signatures and, you know, uh, eye scans and thumbprints and all this stuff kind of authenticates who we are. But before they ever had all that, even way back in ancient history, people have always been wanted to be reassured about identity, that something is, someone is really authentic. And so they had the seal. And we've all seen this on the movies where the king has this huge ring and he dips it. He puts some hot wax and, and he puts that ring on there and he seals that document. And it's, that impression is uniquely his. And it verifies to the person that receives that letter, this is authentic. This is the real deal. Don't you doubt it. This is the mark of the king. And you see, the King of kings and the Lord of lords has put his stamp and seal of, of approval on your life as well. He said, you do not have to doubt your salvation because I have sealed it with the Holy Spirit. I have put it there. I have given you the Holy Spirit of God so that you will trust and you will be assured that I am working in your life. But wait, there's more. God says there's something else that happens with the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. He talks about it, about the Spirit. And look in verse 14. The promised Holy Spirit. We think about the promised Messiah. 
Because that's, that's part of what we focus on in Advent. I mean, we go through this whole season of talking about, hey, the long-awaited one has come. Jesus, Emmanuel, the Messiah, he was foretold and he was promised. And finally, after century upon century, he came and fulfilled that promise. And so we know that the promises to us today, even though they may seem like they're a long time in coming... God's going to fulfill his promises because he's already done so in sending Jesus. What Paul is reminding us right here is, double whammy, guess what? Not only did the promised Messiah come, but the promised Holy Spirit came. And if you look in your Bible in Acts chapter 2 on that day of Pentecost, when, when there was uh, Peter speaking to the crowds, and that's exactly, basically, his message to them was guess what? Not only has the promised Messiah come, but the promised Spirit has come. He quotes from Joel and he says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. In other words, regular old people. You don't have to be in, in the Christian church, in our faith. You don't have to be a priest or a high priest or a Levite or any kind of special office. Regular, ordinary, average Christians will possess the Holy Spirit of God. And because God has shared his Holy Spirit with them, you can be assured, just like God fulfilled his promise to send a Messiah, he also fulfilled his promise to send the Holy Spirit. You see, as awesome as it was being an Old Testament believer or a Hebrew believer in the Old Testament days, they worship God, they love God, they serve God, but the Holy Spirit came and went. The Holy Spirit would come upon Samson or come upon David or come upon someone else and do some great thing through them. And then when that thing was done, Holy Spirit would say, okay, I'm out. <laughs> I'll be back later if I need to do something else special for you. But the thing is, the most godly and greatest of the Old Testament saints does, did not have available to themselves what we have to us. We have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that is with us at all times. And so God said, not only did I seal you through the Spirit so you know what your identity is, I also sent you the promised Holy Spirit so you know that you can trust me. Then one other thing that we see about the Spirit here, let's start in verse 14 again, who has a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. To the praise of his glory. So the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. We like when our deposits are guaranteed. <laughs> we all like to know that the government through the FDIC, and I don't know, maybe the numbers have changed now, but I know once upon a time, when you put your funds in the bank, uh, that first hundred thousand of them you didn't have to worry about, like people did back during the Great Depression. And, you know, some of us are kind of thinking about that. We're, about, we're entering the 20s, and we're like, oh, the roaring 20s, they were great. And then the Depression came at the end of them, and, and you know, we're kind of thinking about that. And back then, they didn't have any federally uh, insured deposits. You lost your money, the bank went under, you just lost your money. And so it makes us feel better when you put your money in a bank, in a bank account. It may get negative interest. It almost seems like you're paying them to hold your money. But at least you know it's guaranteed. At least you know it's there. He said, here, I've made a deposit guaranteeing your redemption. 
Now, this goes back to we, what we, started, uh, we talked about earlier, because you're like, wait a minute, guaranteeing my redemption? I thought I was already redeemed. Well, yes and no. <laughs> that process of redemption was began. You were saved. Uh, you became free from sin in your life, from that penalty of sin. But there's this process, and when he talks about your redemption, he's talking about the consummation or the culmination, the final end product. It is guaranteed. Now, how does he guarantee it? You know, when we buy something from somebody, maybe a car or a truck, what does someone usually add? If you say, hey, I'm going to buy that, don't sell it to anybody else. <laughs> and usually we're like, well, whatever, man, but uh, you give me a little earnest money, you give me a little cash down, and then I won't sell it to anybody else. Then I'll trust you. And so we put some, if it's going to be $10,000 car, we give them $1,000 or whatever, and they say, okay, I can believe that you're going to come through with the rest. God says here through the Apostle Paul that the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing that we're going to get the full redemption. We don't experience all of it right now, but he says it's coming. I've given, in other words, I've given you a sneak peek or I'm giving you a preview of what life in eternity, eternal life, the life to come. This is just a little taste of what it's all about. So when we're saved and we begin to start to fret, we begin to start to worry and we say, who am I really? The spirit says, you're mine. I've marked you. That's your identity. You say, well, this really happened. Oh, guess what? The Spirit is a, a promise that has been kept. And so you know that you can trust it. Well, what about the future? How's it, is it really going to be great? Is, is the afterlife, is eternal life, is it really all that it's been hyped to be? And God says, guess what? I don't have to do this. You don't deserve it. But, but just because I'm a great God, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit of a foretaste. You know, there's a song, one of the hymns we sing that says, Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. He says, I'm giving you this sneak peek, just a bit of what heaven is going to be like. And that's, when the Holy, that's part of what the Holy Spirit does in your life. Is that when you enter those moments where you are so touched, it might be in your private devotion, it might be at a retreat, it might be during worship service, but those times when you are overwhelmed by the presence and the power of God in your life, that's God tapping on your shoulder and say, guess what? This is just the first little inkling of what I've got in store for you. But there's a whole lot more that's coming. And guess what? These three things... These are just the very tiniest beginning of all the Bible has to say about the Holy Spirit and how much the Holy Spirit of God blesses us. But Paul right here, who is just caught up in this song of praise that he begins this Ephesians letter with, says, I want you to realize your salvation through Jesus Christ is awesome. <laughs> but if you ever begin to doubt or worry or fear, think about that second gift. That second epiphany, you might say. Because when Jesus ascended back into heaven, he said, I'm sending another comforter, another counselor. And that was the Holy Spirit who descended in another epiphany or another instance of God showing up. And he, unlike Jesus, who, who loves us and prays for us and intercedes for us, but the Bible says Jesus, he's in heaven. 
He's at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. But the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, however you want to call him, there's so many words in Scripture, but God says, my Spirit is not way up there in heaven. My Spirit is right here with you. And he's marking you. You're one of mine. Don't ever, ever doubt it. He's promising you, guess what? My track record is perfect. I've kept every promise to send the Messiah, to send the Spirit, and I'm going to keep up with my promise. And he's even saying to us today, I know it's really rough and tough. Some of you are struggling with health issues, with family issues, with financial issues, relationship issues. And I know that you're struggling with yourself most of all because you don't meet up to your own standards so often. And you're saying, is it really worth it all? Is, is, is this Christian life all that, that it's supposed to be? And God says, guess what? I'm giving you this tiny window. You just get a taste. But you imagine it's a million times more. Just a taste of those special moments. And heaven will be multiplied that over and over again. God's greatest gift was Jesus, but it didn't begin there and it didn't stop there. And his Holy Spirit is gifting you day upon day if you realize through trusting and believing that his Spirit's there. For a lot of you, the Holy Spirit has been that second gift at the bottom of the gift bag. You're so happy about Jesus and you didn't even realize there's something else there. And God says, you may be ignoring my spirit. You may not be enjoying my spirit, but I gave it to you just like I did Jesus. And my spirit is there to bless you each and every day. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And I challenge you. Just like a, a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who gives a gift, they want to see it appreciated and used. God has given you this gift of his spirit so that you might draw close to him. He doesn't want you to put the Holy Spirit on a shelf and say in your mind, Yep, I know I, know I got the Holy Spirit. That's a great thing for me to know. God wants you to draw near to him each and every day through prayer and reading your Bible and asking God's Spirit to lead you and guide you. If you do that, I can guarantee you will draw closer in 2020 to our Lord than ever before. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we come to you and <laughs> sometimes, Father, we, we just, we're overwhelmed by what you do for us. We can't even begin to count our, our blessings as the song tells us to. But God, on the other hand, we, we stop way too quickly, often. We don't even try to count them all of them. And we forget and we disregard what you've done for us. And as a loving Father, you want nothing more than to see us accept your gift of Jesus Christ, of salvation through him. And nothing more than to also to, to realize that there are even greater and additional gifts that are attached. Lord, you've given us the Holy Spirit, not to make us weird in some way, not to make us better than anyone else in some way. Lord, you've given us the Holy Spirit to keep us on the right track and to encourage us as we walk on this path of redemption that you've placed before us. 
I pray that we would all choose to fully embrace not only the gift of Jesus, but the gift of your spirit as well. Father, we pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.